when I was nine, when I was nine years old, I had this dream. So I made a plan. And the dream and the plan was to be the best safety in the whole world. Safety is a position in football for American football, for those of you who don't know. So I had this plan. I drew up this plan to be the best safety in the whole world. And I had 20 years to do it. That's Bo Eason. And this is the Depression Detox Show. Hello! And welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Monday. Appreciate you joining me today. And you are in for a treat with today's talk because he has a truly inspiring story that really just exemplifies what it means to be resilient, what it means to be relentless, and to just do whatever it takes to make your dreams come true. So without further ado, here's Bo Eason. Enjoy. When I was nine, when I was nine years old, I had this dream So I made a plan. The dream and the plan was to be the best safety in the whole world. Safety is a position in football for American football, for those of you who don't know. So I had this plan. I drew up this plan to be the best safety in the whole world, and I had 20 years to do it. Now, if you, if you wanted to be the best safety in the whole world, there's one thing you got to do better than anyone else in the whole world. And that's this. You got to do one thing better than everybody on this planet, and that is this. You got to be able to run backwards faster than the fastest man in the world runs forward. So for the next 10 years after drawing up that plan, all I did was run backwards. Every recess, boom, boom. All my buddies were running forwards. I was running backwards. My dad, he woke me up every morning at 5 a.m. I went out to the wet grass and all I did was run backwards. 10 years passes, 10 years passes. The dream is going along just like it should be. Now it's time for me to go to college. So if I'm going to be the best safety in the whole world, I got to go to college and play safety, right? So there's 350 colleges in the United States that play college football, 350. Not one wanted me, not one. Not one wrote me a letter. Not one recruited me. Zero. Think of the worst college you ever heard of. (laughs) Or junior college in your neighborhood. They didn't want me. So this is what I did. I invited myself 
to this small college near my hometown. It was called UC Davis. And at UC Davis, they don't give any scholarships. They basically play football there for fun. It's not even a, it's not even a real deal, right? So I go, that's perfect for me. I'm going to invite myself to UC Davis. I'm going to keep the dream alive by playing football for them because they don't give any scholarships or anything. Anybody could play there. So I go to UC Davis. And the first day at UC Davis, I get in this line. And the line is like this with 100 guys in this line. And I'm right in the middle of the line. And at the front of this line is a window that is cut out of the wall. On the other side of this window are two equipment managers named Sid and Beasley. And these are the two meanest dudes I ever met. They, I mean, they had tattoos way before it was cool to have tattoos. And they hated freshmen, especially if you weighed 145 pounds. So I'm in this line with 100 other guys. And by the time I get to the front, I say this to Sid and Beasley. Hi, I'm Bo. And I'm a freshman. And I would like to uh, play on the UC Davis football team. To my shock... Sid and Beasley gave me a practice uniform and a combination to a locker. So I went over to the locker and I opened it up. I hung up my civilian clothes. I put on this practice uniform and I ran out to practice. And I practiced for two hours with the UC Davis football team. And at the end of the two hours, all us hundred guys, all us players run into the locker room. And the locker room entrance is about right here. Our head coach, a guy named Jim Soaker, would stand right in front of the entrance to the locker room, and he would watch us men file by. And as I got close to him, this is what he did after the first practice. Um, excuse me, uh, Mr. Eason, hi. Can I have a word with you, son? And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> coach wants to talk to me already. Must have done good. So I ran over to coach, and I said, um, hey, coach, how you doing? And coach said, uh, I'm doing pretty good. However, you, not so good. Look, you're too small and you're too slow to ever play football at this university. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna send you home and we're gonna take away your dorm key. We're gonna take away your meal ticket. Now you can go home and in 30 days time when school begins, you can come back, you can go to school here, but you will never play football at this university. I ran as fast as I could right into that locker room. I went right to my locker and I undid the combination. I took off my practice uniform and I hung it up. I put on my civilian clothes and I ran as fast as I could out to the parking lot. And in the parking lot is my 1977 Ford Courier pickup. It is a piece of junk. It's all rusted out. It's blue. Uh, the windshield is totally broken like this. And then I stole one of my mom's hangers so that it would be the antenna so I could get music. And I stuck it in there. And I got in this Ford Courier pickup and I drove as fast as I could to the grocery store. And I get the biggest jar of peanut butter that they have and old stale hot dog buns, two bags. Remember in those days, you get old bread, like a month old, they sell it for cheap. So I got two bags of hot dog buns. They were so hard, you could drive a nail with these buns. I got in that Ford Courier pickup. I parked it in the driveway of the locker room. And I ate peanut butter hot dog bun sandwiches for dinner that night. And I slept in that Ford Courier pickup. Next morning, second day of practice. And I just, you know, I just sort of did, you know, what I always did, which was 
to pretend nothing happened. <laughs> and I snuck into the locker room. And as I was making my way over to my locker, I looked up at that window and Sid and Beasley were right there and they were looking at me like this. And I snuck by them. I got all the way over to my locker. I opened it. It was empty. There was no practice uniform in my locker. So I went back to Sid and Beasley. I said, Sid, Beasley, you guys, um, guess what? Um, I'm Bo, that freshman from yesterday. Yeah, um, guess what, you guys? There's been a mistake. Yeah, there's no um, practice uniform in my locker. And Sid and Beasley go, yeah, there's no practice uniform in your locker because you're not on the team. We sent you home yesterday, took away your dorm key, took away your meal ticket, so get um, but I, I can't get, see, because I got this, um, I have this dream, huh? And I got a plan. And the dream and the plan is for me to be the best safety in the whole world. And I only got a few more years to do it. So could you just give me, you know, like a practice uniform? Sid and Beasley are tough, man, tough. But Beasley had this soft underbelly. And he said this to me, freshman, you wait right there. And he walks to the back of the equipment room and he grabs something off the wall, like a hunk of cloth, something off the wall. And he walks back over to the window and he throws this hunk of cloth at me. And it's an old, old uniform, practice uniform that doesn't match the rest of the team. It's a different shade of blue up here. The pants are a different shade of gold. There's no stripes. There's no stripes. And they gave me this big ass helmet that was so big. It's called a suspension helmet. They don't make them anymore. But the padding inside is actually rope. <laughs> rope is the cushion inside. So they gave me this big old helmet, like this big, so I couldn't see. Like every other step, the helmet come down over my eyes like that. But I didn't care. I didn't care. I took this old unmatching uniform and helmet. I went back over to my locker. I opened it up, took off my civilian clothes, hung them up, put on this practice uniform, and I'm out at practice again, just trying to blend in, but I don't match. A <laughs> hundred guys out there. It's hot. We're training. I'm taking every rep. I'm working as hard as I can. And nobody says anything to me for two hours but I just keep practicing. 30 days goes by. Every day, I sleep in that Ford Courier pickup. I eat peanut butter hot dog bun sandwiches for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I go out to practice every day, and no one says anything to me. But everyone, now and again, I could see a coach going over to our head coach, Jim Soaker, and going like this. Um, coach, can I have a question? Um, why is that goofy freshman still here with the uniform and the helmet and all that? But nobody said anything to me, so I just kept going. 30 days goes by. Now it is time for our first game, and our first game is tonight. And my mom and dad are driving three hours to come see me play. So on game night, I just kind of did, you know, what I always did, which was to pretend that nothing happened. 
And I sneaked my way past Sid and Beasley over to my locker and I opened my locker and it was empty. There was no game uniform in my locker. So I go back over to Sid and Beasley. I go, Sid and Beasley, you guys remember me, Bo, that freshman. Um, Guess what, you guys? Yeah, there's been another mistake. Yeah, there's no game uniform in my locker. And Sid and Beasley are like, yeah, there's no game uniform in your locker because you're not on the team. We let you practice. We thought that was cute. But this is a real game with real players. You're not one of them, so get. I said, no, no, you guys, um, what you forgot was I still have my dream. And I still have my plan to be the best safety in the whole world. And guess what, you guys? My mom and dad are driving three hours to come see me play. They're going to wonder where I've been for the last month. If you could just give me something, just something so I can go out, just something. These guys are tough, man. But Beasley. (laughs) That soft underbelly. But he's pissed. (laughs) Freshman, you wait right there. And he walks to the back of the equipment room again. He grabs another hunk of something off the clock, uh, off the wall, returns to the window, throws it at me, and he says, Here's the deal, freshman. You're going to put that uniform on. Again, this thing doesn't match. It's a totally different colored uniform. He goes, this is what you're going to do, freshman. You're going to put on that unmatching uniform. Then this is what you're going to do. You're going to run out with a hundred guys with the lights on and the marching band, and you're going to be on the sideline. You are going to run to this little spot on the very end of the bench, and you are going to sit in that spot the whole game. If you move or if the coaches or you get in the way of the real players, we will lose our jobs. Do you understand freshmen? I said, I'll do it. I'll do it. So they gave me this unmatching game uniform. I went to my locker. I opened. I took off my civilian clothes, put on an unmatching game uniform, and I run out with the varsity. Game night, lights on, marching band. I was running out trying to blend in with a hundred other guys. And as I'm running across the field, I look up into the bleachers and my mom and dad are at the very top of the bleachers like this. Oh, there's our boy playing his first college football game. Little do they know, I'm not even on this team. And I make my way, just like Beasley told me to do, right over to this little spot on the very end of the bench, and I sit there the whole game. The whole game, I just sit there, and all I could do was look up at the scoreboard and at the clock ticking down lower and lower and lower until there was a minute 34 seconds left in the game. And we're beating this team like 35 nothing. We're killing this team. I think we're playing like Chico State, somebody like that. We're killing them, right? And all I could do was just watch that clock and then look up at my mom and dad. And I thought one thing. I got to get in this game somehow. <laughs> so it was time for us to kick the ball off. 
right? UC Davis is going to kick the ball deep to their return man, right? The kickoff team at UC Davis, that was the best special team to be on. Everybody wanted to be on that kickoff team. In fact, our best player, our best player, the captain of our team, a guy named Daryl Goss, he was on the kickoff team. And Daryl Goss got the kickoff team to huddle right here. All right, kickoff team, hey, bring it in. Hey, you guys, listen up, bring it in, kickoff, get ready. I was sitting 10 yards behind Daryl Goss, just staring at the back of his uniform (laughs) because the number on Daryl Goss's uniform was number two. That's the same number they gave me. They gave me a duplicate, unmatching jersey of our captain and our best player, Daryl Goss. So I said, this is my chance. <laughs> so I sneaked up behind Daryl Goss and I tapped him on the back of the shoulder pads and Daryl Goss turns around like this. He doesn't even look at my face. He doesn't even know who I am. He goes, why are you wearing my jersey? I said, Daryl, don't worry about that right now. <laughs> I got to ask you a favor, Daryl. I got to run down on the kickoff team for you. Can I? Daryl Goss like, are you crazy, man? You can't run down on the kickoff team for me. The coaches will kill me. I said, no, no, no. They can't kill you, Daryl. You're our best player. You're the captain of our team. If you just let me run down, man, my mom and dad are sitting up right up there and they could just see me. And Daryl Goss thought that was the funniest thing he ever heard. And he gathered all the senior boys and he goes, you guys, check this out. You guys got to check this guy out. You see that freshman wearing my, wearing my number? He's going to run down on the kickoff team for me. Let's isolate on him. Let's watch him. So the UC Davis kickoff team lines up. And let's pretend going right down the middle of the stage, all the way to the back of the room is the UC Davis sideline. So if you're off the field of battle, you're over here drinking Gatorade, right? If you're in the field of battle, you're here. This is where Daryl Goss lines up. Right here, he's the very end guy on the kickoff team. The sideline is one yard behind him. He lines up here. Our kicker's there, gonna kick the ball that way. Daryl Goss gonna run down and make the tackle. Here's where Daryl Goss lines up. Here's where I line up. And right before the kicker kicks the ball off, this is what Daryl Goss does. And this is what I did. (laughs) And now the number twos have traded places. Our kicker kicks the ball off. I take off. Now I am small, but I am fast because I am scared. And I'm, I'm running down that field as fast as I can. Now, if, if you are the first person down on the kickoff team, you are met with what is called the wedge. And the wedge is the four biggest players on the opposing team. And this is what the wedge's job is. They interlock arms like this, four of them straight across, as if they're getting married, 
275 pounds each, these guys. They lock arms like this. They run full speed to create a wedge. If you are the first person on the UC Davis kickoff team to get down there, your job is to become a wedge buster. (laughs) And a wedge buster's job is to go full speed into the wedge and knock them all down like bowling pins so that your friends can now make the tackle. And so I'm running down and I look around and I'm the first one down, of course. And all I I knew my job and all my whole life just passed before my eyes. (laughs) And it turned to slow motion. And as I was looking at this wedge and I could only see him every other step because that helmet was coming down like this. All I could think about was, uh oh, (laughs) this is really gonna hurt. And as I got to the wedge, instead of busting the wedge, this is what I did. (laughs) I closed my eyes and I went airborne over the wedge. And on my way back down to earth, bam, I hit the ball carrier right in the chest. Bam, he goes flat. The crowd stands up. Yeah! And I stand up. Yeah! And over the loudspeaker, I hear this. Tackle made by number two, Daryl Goss. <laughs> I dropped my hands and I tried to turn invisible and get off that field as fast as I could because the part I didn't tell you guys was Daryl Goss is a 250 pound black man. And as I was making my way back to the little spot where Beasley told me to sit, I looked back over my shoulder and our head coach, Jim Soaker, the guy who sent me home 30 days ago, was standing on the sideline like this. (laughs) And standing right next to him is the real Daryl Goss. And he's, he's standing like this. So I watched the last minute, 20 seconds tick off the clock and I heard the gun sound and I ran as fast as I could into the locker room, straight to my locker. Nobody was in there. I went right to my locker. I opened it up. I took off this game uniform. I hung it up. I put on this, my civilian clothes. I didn't even shower. And then I ran right out to the parking lot and I got in my Ford Courier pickup. And I had peanut butter hot dog bun sandwiches to celebrate. And that whole weekend, man, I was dying. I was dying. I was thinking, this is it. This is, I'm out of here. They're going to kick me out now. Sid and Beasley are probably going to get fired. Daryl Goss, he's not going to get to be the captain anymore. 
I'm out of here. Then Monday morning came around. Practice. So I just, you know, <laughs> just did what I always did. <laughs> Which was to pretend nothing happened. And I sneaked into that locker room on that Monday morning. And I looked up at Sid and Beasley, and they were pissed. I made my way all the way over to my locker, and I opened it. And there was a brand new varsity uniform in that locker. <laughs> and four years later, four years later, I was the first safety chosen in the 1984 NFL draft. Yeah. Big thanks to Bo Eason for stopping by. I got this clip from YouTube. It is entitled, How to Be the Best at What You Do, Bo Eason. And if you'd like to connect with him, you can go to his website, boeason.com. His Instagram is boeason21. And his latest book is entitled, There's No Plan B for Your A Game. Be the best in the world at what you do. And I'll have links to all the ways to connect with him and his work, along with a link to today's entire talk. They will all be in the show description below. And I highly recommend that you check out the entire talk. It was a game changer. So that is a wrap for me. I hope you have an uplifting rest of your day and I will see you back here tomorrow. So until then, stay strong. Later. Later.